Hi and welcome back to this channel. My name is Susan Silantori. Um, the aim of this channel is to offer information about how government works and why systems are set up the way they do. This is the intention to understand the role that we play um, towards improving governance in this country. And through this, we can create a politically empowered generation. All right, so we're currently doing a series on BBI. And in the last episode, we explained about the process, you know, just an introduction about what is BBI, how did we go about that? Like, where, how did we get to where we are and how are we going? I'd love it if you checked it out. Um, so in the next couple of episodes, we will be breaking down, you know, each of the recommendations in simple terms. Um, and then we will give it, we'll be giving a reason why for each recommendation according to the BBI. And then we will talk about what we have currently in terms of this this constitution right now and what the bbi is proposing and how that will look like and then you know we we just discuss what are the implications of that and yeah so please stick around to to see that um so in this episode specifically we will be talking about the amendments that have been proposed for the executive and the legislature specifically in relation to the prime minister the leader of opposition and cabinet ministers so we'll start by talking about what is the actual recommendation so in simple terms bbi suggests that there should be a prime minister and two prime ministers uh, it also suggests that that we should have a leader of opposition and it also suggests that we should have um, cabinet, cabinet ministers who can also be members of parliament. The, the BBI gives this reason for this specific uh, recommendation. It says it's so that it can promote greater inclusivity and also mitigate the effects of the winner-takes-it-all electoral formula. Okay, so but we'll go step by step so we're going to start with explaining the leader of opposition so initially before the 2010 constitution um, we used to have a president and a vice president who was also a member of parliament they were both also members of parliament so if you remember kibaki was the president but he was also the member of parliament for their constituency um, if you look at when Kalonzo was the vice president, he was also a member of parliament for Mwingi North constituency. So this meant that if someone lost their elections, their presidential election, they would also still be a member of parliament somewhere. So they are vying for president, but also a member of parliament as well. If they lose, they probably will still have the member of parliament um, position an example for this is when uhuru lost the presidential election um, in 2002 he lost the presidential election but he was still the member of parliament for gatundu south constituency so when the 2010 constitution came in uh, the executive was removed from parliament this means that the president and the vice president did not sit in parliament at all because they didn't have seats so for example um, when Uhuru became the president in 2013 and also 2017, he was the president, but he was not also a member of parliament anywhere. 
same case goes for Ruto. So he was the vice president, he was the deputy president, but he was not a member of parliament for any other constituency. So this would mean that when you lose your presidential election, you go home. <laughs> like you're done, done, done. So that is what they would refer to as the winner takes all electoral formula. And the BBI says that, you know, this brought about a lot of competition, a lot of divisive elections, you know, elections that would probably turn to be violent. So to deal with this, the BBI is proposing a number of things. So the first one it's proposing is the leader of opposition. So the leader of opposition, um, according to the BBI, would be the person who lost the presidential election. So for example, in the last election, Uhuru won the election. Um, and then the person with the second highest votes was Raila. So he would become the leader of opposition. Um, and he would sit in parliament and he would have a salary. Um, the role of this person is not exactly very clear. However, um, he will be the third highest ranking person. Okay, so as we have said, this proposal is so that we can have a more inclusive government. Do you think this will lead to a more inclusive government structure, parliament? Let me know. Okay, so the second thing the BBI proposes is having a prime minister and two deputy prime ministers. So let's talk about the prime minister first. So the prime minister would ideally be already a member of parliament and um, this person would be appointed by the president. So the president will pick a prime minister and then approved or confirmed by parliament. Um, and this person will be from the party that has the majority number of seats in parliament. So how does that work? Let's take an example of the last election. So Uhuru and Ruto win the, the election under Jubilee party. They become president and deputy president. So if ODM had the majority number of seats in parliament, then Uhuru would appoint a prime minister from ODM and then approved by, you know, uh, and then approved by parliament. So the BBI suggests that this would ensure that there's a more inclusive government because there could be a chance that the prime minister could be from an opposition party so it says yeah so it's a it's it could be more inclusive uh, and it could also you know kind of deal with the winner takes all election um election kind of thing so this can pose a dilemma if we had the bbi during the last election so if we take the case of the last election um uhuru and ruto win under jubilee party jubilee party also has a majority in parliament um, that means the Prime Minister would be chosen from Jubilee Party um, and then you'd have Raila as a leader of opposition. So you would have an executive that has the President is from Jubilee Party, the Prime Minister is also from Jubilee Party. So that could cause a bit, a bit of a dilemma if we are working towards an inclusive government. So people have different opinions about that. Um, I don't know what you think, I would love to hear what you, you think about that. So we've talked about the leader of opposition, we've talked about the prime minister, so now we're going to talk about the deputy prime ministers briefly. So the deputy prime ministers are going to be two. And these two people are going to be chosen from amongst cabinet ministers. So you already have a cabinet 
and then out of that cabinet the president will appoint two a what do you call it two deputy prime ministers okay so we've talked about how those people are appointed let's talk about the role of the prime minister so when you so we've said the prime minister is appointed from the majority party in parliament yeah and his role is going to be uh several things and two of the main ones are that he's going to lead government business in the national assembly and the he's going to supervise functions by the prime minister and government departments so this ideally would be done by the president yeah so now the the prime minister will do that and something that is important to note about this is that first of all this person who's going to be appointed has to be a member of parliament um secondly the prime minister is appointed by the president and can be dismissed by the president at will like whenever he wants um the other thing is so there's a procedure for how to appoint the prime minister so the prime minister is picked based on a certain criteria by the by the president he's confirmed by parliament and then he becomes a prime minister um in case that doesn't happen the bbi proposes that the president shall appoint a member who in the president's opinion is able to command the confidence of the national assembly so basically it's just the president's choice so that could pose a bit of a challenge in case of people who think that some people will say this is giving the president too much power so he can pick whoever he wants whatever there are, people, there are different opinions about this um but that could you know pose a little bit of a it's a, something you should note oh is that so Okay, so we've talked about the prime minister, we've talked about the deputy prime ministers, and we've talked about the leader of opposition. So now we're getting into cabinet ministers. So initially in the past, cabinet ministers were also members of parliament. In fact, I think they had to be members of parliament. Um so you would have um in the case where for example Raila was a member of parliament for Langata constituency, but he was also the minister for roads and public works at the time um uhuru was a member of parliament of gatundu south constituency but he was also the minister of finance so when the new constitution came in cabinet secretaries were intended to be technocrats like people who are professionals and you know they are specialized in those fields or whatever as opposed to having politicians as mps uh, and the reason for this was so that you know to separate the two and so that parliament would play a better role as a watchdog because that's the role of parliament to make sure that you know ministries and government uh, departments and parastatals work the way they should so that was why you know mps stopped being <laughs> a ministers they stopped being cabinet secretaries So now the BBI proposes that members of parliament should also be cabinet ministers and there are various reasons why that would be important. I mean each each um each of the two systems what we have now and what the BBI is proposing both have pros and cons. What are the implications of this? Um obviously if we have more positions we are going to pay more. <laughs> whether someone says it's useful or not that is always going to happen we're going to pay more um secondly uh it's important to judge these recommendations 
based on um, this the solution that the BBI is giving so for example having these positions the BBI says that you know if we have these positions then we will have better greater inclusivity in government so so when we're looking at the recommendations we're asking ourselves does having these positions deal with the issues of inclusivity that's the first question and the second question is does having a more inclusive government um, affect you personally of course it does um, but do you think this way affects you in a better way so do you think having more positions um, that will involve both opposition and and government do you think that benefits you um, and that's the question we should be asking ourselves for every recommendation that we're going to be talking about um, so so let me know do you think having a prime minister having a leader of opposition will help us have more let's say peaceful elections will it help us have a less polarized election do you think that is a solution for this uh let me know i want to know if the answer is yes i want to know why <laughs> so please let me know in the comments let's have a conversation about this um remember in this channel we're not telling you how to vote or what to vote for in this channel we're we're talking about the house we are asking questions that we understand and make the choices for ourselves so yeah so this has been our episode um please let me know if you liked this episode and what did you think about it give me your thoughts um i'd love to hear from you and yeah as usual don't forget to like and subscribe let's get to some good numbers so we can get to more people um and through this we can raise a generation that is politically empowered <laughs> all right thanks see you next time bye